This episode was recorded on March 8th, 2020. It's your host, Shift. I'm back with my brother, Sister Mary Hot Takes, a.k.a. Blake Looney, and we are talking about things we were supposed to talk about in the previous episode. But when I tell you Blake is the hardest person to direct in a focused conversation that I've worked with yet, I motherfucking mean it. Uh, There's some things that I'm going to mention because uh, we are clearly data poisoned throughout this episode. We have data sickness. We are data sick. A, a little bit. It's not, it's not a terrible data sickness because we know how to moderate, but we did overeat a little bit. Now, I'm just going to say I can't stress enough how stressed I am about Nickelodeon and Dan Schneider throughout this episode. Uh, I stutter. I tongue tie. I complain. I, I The thing that stresses me out the most is that we, we can't even really discuss the the issue without fueling the fuckery, because in order to talk about it, we have to talk about it. And at that point, one of the one of the things that we get into is that this particular sexual violation is predatory exhibitionist foot fetishists that have created major empires of media production and specifically targeted us when we were children. It's it's really fucking with my head. Now, one other thing I want to mention, we went trolling through our, our YouTube for the first time in a while and discovered that there was a comment left about two months ago from someone who uh, apparently was perturbed about the previous Good Morning Mayberry episode, Is White Fragility a Personality Disorder? Now, I just want to say I love these kinds of moments. I love these kinds of comments. I love everything about it at every level because the thing about it is, is I am thirsty. Give me that haterade. Now, that said, uh, we're going to jump right into this episode. And I want to make sure since we are going on another rabbit hole excavation that everybody has their tinfoil hats and their uh, shitstorm deep web muck boots uh, and their haterade to keep sipping on the whole time because I I hate this shit. I hate this shit. Um, last thing, we had a bunch of uh, we had a bunch of technical problems, and Blake he says to me before I want to start with a joke, and I said okay, that sounds great. And we get in there, and there's all kinds of weird reception issues, and usually that's fine, and the track will download perfectly fine, and there's no problem with it. But for some reason, it chopped off the beginning of his track the first few minutes. So what I'm going to do is I am going to reenact Blake's part. I am going to play the role of Blake talking to me, telling me a joke, and then commiserating about the bad reception issues until Blake shows up himself. So here we motherfucking go. Let's see how this fucking works. Knock, knock. Oh, who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow who? Moo. Oh. Are we having reception issues? There's latency too. It's fucked. Oh, we would be. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might have been the 2020 one version of that joke that old time that was one of my faves when i was little when i was small back when my brain was like not this broken like a little broken i guess but not at all this broken i was such a different i have such a different joke because (laughs) in listening to myself on the last episode i realized that i am very interrupting with you oh yeah you're pretty interrupting yeah, <laughs> that's all right. It's a, uh, it's a good, it's a good cadence. It's fun to work with different voices. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh no, you're going offline. Yeah, what's just happened? That was weird. 
Oh boy, that's all right. It's uh, it's tech, it's tech glitch. Yeah. Stuff, you know, just it you happens. think something was in retrograde. You know, it's just the way it is in any studio, but definitely in a cyber studio like the Revolution, where Good Morning Mayberry is recorded, captured. What word do I want to use? Uh, those will do. Whatever. That's in the middle of the repugnant voyage. Ah, that. That's right. So, yeah, we are coming back to go over content that we derailed from in the first part of this little uh, this little rabbit hole. Which is really weird for us because we really stay on topic like all the time. All the time. All the time. That's how we're so good at rabbit hole expeditions. Exactly. Yeah. I guess these weird things just happen. I mean, you know, I think um I think it's funny because I've spent a lot of my life being like, I wonder I wonder if there's some things that just like don't work well, like some types of brains that don't work well in like rigid institutional environments, but they're really good at other kinds of things. And possibly looking at the in-between parts of all those institutional systems might be the kind of thing mm-hmm. that we have some aptitude for because you got to be able to manage multiple random ass things all at once. And uh, sometimes it seems like we're not managing anything. One of my favorite uh, analogies for the way that whole like institution thing works is how it's like, it's judging fish by how well they climb trees. And it's like, I'm absolutely, I'm not made to climb a fucking tree. If you put me in that water over there, I'll impress the fuck out of you. Yeah, it's um, it's hard for people to figure out how to value things they don't have programming to value. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Very, very much so. Yeah, so now um, here's something interesting, too. Uh, it's easy for people to value things that they are programmed to value and not even realize that they're doing it. Well, it's those values that are, um, well, huh, just to throw it right into the literal shit show we're talking about. Um, it's the same way that you're watching these shows as a kid and you're getting all this background value training. You know what I mean? Where you're Yeah, yeah. Like like consumerism and gender essentialism yes. and foot fetishes. And foot fetishes. And the little things that get by you as a kid that when you look back as an adult, you're like, hey, wait a fucking minute. Yes. Yeah. Uh speaking of which yeah. Dan fucking Schneider. Speaking of which the man who uh just continues to uh, his production company was called Schneider's Bakery, but to me it should have been called Schneider's Vomitorium, mm. especially looking back. He was well documented for having like temper issues, like with the cast and how he treated people. And that's not even getting into the foot fetish side of things. I saw a video last night when I was looking into some stuff about him. Cause one thing I'll say, uh, uh I can't stop looking at different angles of this. There's so many ways of being like, how was this guy working for so long around children and all the parents just let this happen? Like everybody uh-huh. should be punished for this. Uh-huh. But he, so he was making this video. He was like off in a, in a little area by himself. And he was like not filming his face. He was doing like a point of point of view kind of thing. And he's like, He's like real, like I'm Dan Schneider and I'm the guy around here. And do you dare me to go and uh, knock over every single member of the cast onto the, onto the ground or like, I can't remember his exact phrasing, but he like went out and literally tossed several people that like, eventually people kind of picked up on what was going on. But then like at first it was like, 
they, the first one whose face is in frame is definitely like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why'd you do that? And this is like a kid. It's, yes. I, I can't remember what order he attacked them in, but yeah, he physically assaulted people on set, premeditated it, and then attacked them on set, videotaped it. And uh, it's weird. It's just really weird. Like, that's the producer of he did. He, he wrote for all that. Uh, he uh, produced the show, created the show, wrote a lot of the show, and then was also occasionally in the show. Do we know where he came from? Well, he was actually like, where do these he was who raised, a failed actor from the eighties. Who raised who raised him? That I am. Where are his parents? And that I don't know, but they deserve a good shaking. I mean, I'm sure they're like ninety years old. But like, what happened? Yeah, it's true though. What the fuck was that? What happened? Like, yeah, like fuck, like you know. I mean, not to i I was gonna say I was gonna say fuck the movie Ray, but like, like fuck me for almost saying that. Uh-huh. But you get my point. Like, I want to see the origin story of this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, wh- I need to know details about like how did he, and not the propaganda, not the social the social network or whatever, like the propaganda Zuckerberg origin story, not one of those, not a shiny little, that's no, give me like a walk the line. That's how I feel about Jimmy Savile. I'm like, I want to know how this fucking happened from start to finish. Um, Mm -hmm. so with Dan, uh, I do know that one of the things that happened with him. So he was a failed actor who became writer, producer, had his Schneider Bakery. His first big hit was all that. He became known as the Norman Lear of kids' television and the Aaron Sorkin of tween who's, 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 who's Norman Greer? Who's Aaron Sorkin? I got you. Aaron Sorkin is the West Wing, uh, the news show, the newsroom, I think it was. It was on HBO. Uh Okay. He's that guy. And then Norman Lear is the, the fucking like man of like seventies television. He did all in the family. Laverne and Shirley. Uh, oh, okay. Wait, um, I, I know okay. he did. I'm, why am I blanking on fucking Norman Lear? Good times. Um, Sanford and son. Um, oh, okay. Okay. All the, like the, like all of the big hit shows. He like, he was, one of the gods of television. I think he worked for, I can't remember what network it was. I'm not going to say it, but he produced a lot of that networks, like big sitcom content that were hits the same way. Schneider was like the live action King of Nickelodeon. Okay. And, um, I see. His stuff with all that and the Amanda show, he, pushed boundaries here or there, but those were really like the shows where he established his power that allowed him to do the things he did in like Victorious, where a whole episode revolves around a character's new super smooth feet and how everyone wants to stroke their feet. Um, That's a weird thing that I just saw too. It was that all the kids get some kind of weird foot disease and it makes their feet super smooth and sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And they like to have their feet rubbed yes. too, like softly, like not like massaged, like, like stroked softly. Yes. It's very sensual. It was very trippy. Yeah. And several children have this disease, several like teenage, like, you know, yes. I don't know, They're 13, not, 14, minor, 15 year olds. Yes. Yeah. And they, they all at one point there's a whole scene that revolves around a doctor stepping forward into the room and like touching someone's foot kind of like just as a casual gesture, but then being like, Oh my goodness, this is very soft. And they were like rubbing this girl's foot, like stroking it and then being like, everyone come over and feel how soft her foot is while, while he's rubbing it. It was, it was a trip. It was a trip. I keep every single time. And I've been looking into this for a couple of weeks now. Not all the time, but, but every few days I I get it in me to be like, all right, I'm going in again. And there's more every single time I look. One of the things, uh, I mentioned all that and how that was one of his first shows. Actually, it was his first show. 
one of the things that struck me was that Lori Beth Denberg, who was one of my favorite cast members, she was always one of the. Yeah, what does she have to say about any of this? Where is she? Will she come on the show? Lori Beth Denberg. Uh, reach out. I would love to talk to Lori Beth Denberg. Her quote on does anyone have what? Does anyone have the hookup? Right. <laughs> like, um, her send her my way. Connect at goodmorningmayberry.com. <laughs> yes, good Lori yeah. Beth, reach out. Good morning, Mayberry. Let's talk. Actually, anybody who was connected to this man, please, let's talk. I, well, not anybody. If you were his running buddy, fuck you. But, um, Literally. Because yeah. you know he had his, like, creep club. I Yeah, we, later. We'll do it later. Okay. G- get into it with Lori Beth Denberg. Well, so, with Lori Beth, what she said about him was, he's not my favorite person. He's not a pleasant person to work for, and I'm not confirming anything. But I'm not disappointed he won't be darkening the doors of any more people working for him. And it's not just kids. It's anybody. She also Mm. added that the news that Nick's all that reboot would not involve Schneider felt like a ship driven the right way, which to me says a lot. I like that delivery. That's very classy. And really, like, not even throwing anything in any direction. It's just, like, referencing what's already available. Exactly. But one of the problems with it... No, wait, hold on. Just, like, respect. Like, that's all, like, for real. Like, I did, yeah, no, I'm having a little, like, nostalgia, like, a little flashback of, like, yeah, I always did, like, I always did, like, that bitch. One of her, like, one of the best kinds of humor she had was that, like, she did that delivery of the like the children what's going on here you know what i mean that kind of humor sure and um it has to be mentioned that at this point on all that there was already shitty shit happening brian pett was working it was working for dan schneider And Brian Peck is um, a, I do not understand how he was, he was, he's worked for fucking Disney and um, Nickelodeon. This is after he was known to work with, I mean, he was known to molest children. Um, He served as the dialogue coach and all that, as well as playing the role of, Pickle Boy. And the Pickle Boy. Pickle Boy. Um, it's a there's clips of it on uh YouTube. Look at Pickle Boy. And it like it's very again, Pickle Boy. This is after this man has been charged with eleven counts, including lewd conduct upon a child, sodomy of a person under the age of sixteen attempted sodomy of a person under 16, sexual penetration by a foreign object, four counts of oral copulation of a person under the age of 16, oral copulation by anesthesia or controlled substance, sending harmful matter and using minors for sexual acts. But he continued for to work after serving a 16-month prison sentence, which, by the way, 16 fucking months for this. That's... That's the blink of a literal eye. Yes. I just blinked. It's been 16 months. We started recording this episode in 2019. It's crazy. There you have it. I blinked and it's been... The fuck? We've been working on this longer than he spent in prison. And then he went back to working with children. I'm kidding. It's March 8th, 2021. 2021. Yes. It's always 2020. It's true. Though. Forever. Now. <laughs> Sorry. I know. That's, yeah. Sorry. That's all I can. Yeah. I... Everybody got, everybody got the thousand yard stare there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It happened again. These things are bound to happen, especially when we're digging in this kind of shit. I do it. I do it. I mean, I do it. <laughs> I bring yeah. this out in people. I, yeah, no, it's like a, it's like a, um, uh, like a, like a party trick. 
<laughs> I can I can fucking kill a vibe. I was about to say I like, bet I can clear this room in two minutes. Uh all right, let's go back in. Um so there's actually a group of people that were known as the Nickelodeon Creek Club. And there's a list of names of people. Like it's, I don't want to get into all their stuff that they did because it's just a list of trigger after trigger after trigger. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But the creator of Rin Stimpy. Oh. John Krikofaluski. I think is how you say his name. John K. I was, yeah. yes, he's got a weird last name. Yeah. Go ahead, go and ahead, and then I'll do the thing about what I discovered on him last night. What I oh, saw, cool. I was just going to tell him that he was no, he was accused by two women of abusing them in their teens, and uh, he's admitted to dating underage girls. Accused? It happened in broad daylight in bold public, like Woody Harrelson, or like Woody like Woody, Allen. like what? Oh, help me! Woody what, like Woody Allen style. It happened. It happened just the same way, almost exactly. Except he went out of okay. So the these girls wanted to be cartoonists, right? And so they would write into his little thing that he would do. He had this show and this thing. He'd parade people around and talk about art. And so he'd have these girls pen pal with him, and he would he often it happened more frequently than twice. He had lewd interactions with them in these pen pal correspondence. Could you fucking imagine, like? Yeah. Just being some little girl that wants to be a cartoonist and you like see Ren and Stimpy, you're all inspired. Yep. Like this shit. I'm like, man, don't make me bust out my violins over white women like this. Like I just <laughs> I'm like it like to target people, to target vulnerable people is so fucking wild. Like yep. it's such a crazy, wild way to be. And he puts himself on camera with this, like literally just videotaping himself and broadcasting it on cable. Being like making VHSs of this shit, documenting it to, in, for for time immemorial. That he brings these girl, two of them, that he did this crazy fucking predatory tactic with this baiting with, and he brings them onto onto his life. Right, mm -hmm. one of them he actually had on a show, and he's physically there <laughs> making her uncomfortable. She's a fucking teenager, mm -hmm. and he's talking about that she's good at drawing like sexual styles, and like starts talking about like you know, people who are afraid to draw the nipples and who's not afraid to draw the nipples and like oh, weird shit that God. I was just like, bruh. Like, and that's like the exact, the exact verbiage. I'm not quotable about it exactly, he, but he's standing there next to a teenager talking about drawing nipples and referring to her as being good at drawing nipples at certain points in this fucking video and all the shit that I already said. She's uncomfortable as fuck. He, he says the word sex like multiple times, like sex characters, all this shit. It's, fucking wild like it stands to reason it stands to reason but it's fucking wild yeah. like okay now go ahead oh and one of them one of them he like kept at least one of them he kept uh as a girlfriend and then another one he replaced her with are those the two that you were talking about i do believe so um yeah about Amanda Bynes and about oh that's a hot that's a that's a hot, we just we did like a portal hop yeah that was a hard I thought shift. we were in rabbit holes that was a hard shift go ahead yes. I I'm a hard shift sometimes <laughs> go ahead <laughs> so um, <laughs> don't encourage um, that sorry. shit um <laughs> so I'm sorry I have to say it on the good foot um. <laughs> I'm from where James Brown and I are both from South Carolina. Okay, it's he's in. Um, so the Amanda Show is really where so much happened in terms of that's where a lot of the stories start really coming from about shit getting foul as fuck. Jason Michael Handy, who was a production assistant at Nickelodeon, used the position to get the email addresses and phone numbers of children 
and began to sexually exploit at least two young girls. Um, he befriended a nine-year-old girl and began visiting her home. On one occasion, while playing video games in her bedroom, he repeatedly kissed her, she told the court. He also emailed naked photos of himself to an 11-year-old child he met on the set of another program, The Amanda Show, according to the testimony. Amanda Bynes and the people on that show, I think they went through more hell than we will ever really realize. Yeah, I don't think they even could talk about it if they wanted to. Well, that's okay. Let's talk about the NDA in Hollywood. And no, that's not even what I mean. I mean the psychological blocks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The bizarre ages, the, the bizarre ages, the charged relationships between like parents and performer children, yes. like like, you know, exploitation parents and performer children. And like for the extras, a lot of those parents are like really well intentioned for the kids that get involved on like a super intense level. It's hard for me to be like a large percentage of their parents are even reasonably legitimate people. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's rough. Like I it's, it, I used to have a lot more admiration and respect for it, but now I kind of need them to step up and be like, yeah, I saw some fuckery and I didn't pull my kid out fast enough. I need to see like that kind of movement. Exactly. Like I'm seeing, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I need them to like get over there. Like I was doing my best as a parent and I was like looking out for my kid the best I could, like whatever the blocks are that are not like allowing for that fucking giant wave of motherfucking parents to come through and like like galvanize like i don't even know like they're they're boomers right now they have they have like time like so i i need to hear from them i'm about to take another hard turn and it's about to get very personal for me and i did not plan to talk about this but it's where we've landed we've landed so I have been watching Alan V. Farrow on HBO, which is about Mia Farrow and her family, her large family, mainly of adopted children, and how she allowed Woody in, and Woody molested their daughter, Dylan, one of the two children of hers he had adopted, the other being Moses. He then went on famously to marry her adoptive daughter, Soon Yi, after having a relationship with her in high school when she got to college. Mia Farrow found these photos, very what she called hustler, not playboy, but hustler magazine photos of her daughter. And it all came to light. And uh, there had always been these signs around Dylan that something wasn't right. A lot of people noticed some inappropriate touching to the point of where would she had Woody go to a therapist about this before the Sunni thing ever even was known about. She's already having Woody in therapy about the way he's touching Dylan. And it's her really explaining exactly what we were just talking about, how people miss these things and allow these things to happen right under their noses and the guilt that comes with it. And uh, Mm. where it hits me very personally is that my own abuse story is very, very, very similar to Dylan's. And um, it's just heavy. And looking into all this abyss stuff, it's heavy. It makes me... um, I've already had to do a lot of work, a lot of fucking work around healing. And I can only imagine what Dylan's gone through. And then by proxy, Amanda and all the other people out there who have these stories. It's horrible. The thing, it's not a... It's stuff that can take you apart, like as my partner Bryson says, like death by a million duck bites. Um, Mm. and after talking about all these triggering things, I would be remiss to not say I am with you, all of you survivors out there, what all, 
we have to go through in healing and the feelings we have to have and the mistakes that we make that can be traced right back to it <laughs> and everything else from addictions to input to everything. It's all, it's a hard fucking battle. And this is something that I really feel passionate about is the healing of these wounds. Mia Farrow married Frank Sinatra when she was 17 and he was very much older, which then sets her up for a pattern to where when you're abused, it usually makes you easier to be abused again. It's heavy. I don't know what that just, that just inspired me to think of Sia and that, What's the girl, Maddie, the girl she's really obsessed with? Yes. Like weird, yes, weird vibes of like, yeah. Yes. Like funkery, because yeah, I'd, I, that, that legacy, that little, that little bizarre legacy is so um, s- sanctioned. That's a good word. It's so, it's so sanctioned. Yeah. Like I was born into a world that had already normalized it. Exactly. And I, I remember coming of an age where I recognized what it was that was happening mm-hmm. and not really knowing how to grapple with the, uh, like the mass gaslight, the mass cognitive dissonance, the like, especially coming out of people who were like religious. Um, yeah. But folks just watched, watched Woody Allen movies. Like it was no big thing. Yeah. I'm so grateful that I did not um, become a Woody Allen fan. Don't get me wrong. I do forever think the fucking Woolite joke and everything you ever knew about sex, but we're afraid to no, whatever the fuck the name of that movie is. I've seen it once. Um, it's a funny I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. Um, I don't know that I actually, I've seen parts of some, I tried to watch Annie Hall. It wasn't my thing to be, can I say something? It's going to sound bad, but it's the fucking truth. The trope of his character when I, since I was born in 82 and whatnot, and he had already established his thing, his archetype as a character had already become a archetype in movies basically like the neurotic new york jewish guy so that like he wasn't it wasn't like a like yeah that's an old joke right you know what i mean it's not a i just found out about i had i did not know this movie manhattan i knew the movie manhattan existed i did not know the storyline of it it is about woody allen a 40 something year old man dating a precocious 17 year old who he is portrayed as the like we shouldn't be like in the fem- in the in the traditional feminine role we shouldn't be doing this oh no and she's like but you're so smart and i love you and then they get the woman that this relationship was based on to come into the fucking alan v Farrow documentary and you find out that Manhattan was based on a real relationship he had with a minor, mm. a young woman, a 17. Well, he met her even younger than 17. Um, I just did a brief skim, and I'm proud to say I've never seen a single Woody Allen work ever in my life. I commend you. Nothing. I commend you. I've had no, I don't even recognize any of his films. Very proud of myself. Not a single title they're on the entire kind of, list. What I can so tell, that, they're no, all the no. same movie over and over and over again. Woody Allen and a younger woman, neuroses ensue. So here's my question then. Um, why is he so famous and why isn't he just like famous for being like a weird kind of like soft core, like soft, soft core porn type dude? 
Uh, there is a level. Or is that, or is that, or is that what the industry is? And it's just dog whistling so hard that other people gave it attention without recognizing that it was that. Well, what you're getting into now is the popular culture coming out of the sixties into the seventies. And that's built on everything else before then. And even then you have to remember, and it's like just a fact we have to live with that people married younger girls a lot more fucking often back when it's a recent thing that we're being like, Whoa, dumbass! They're not fully formed yet. Um, there's all kinds of, uh, I mean, well, teenage. I wonder, I, w- I wonder how frequent it was for it to be that skewed in age and power dynamic on like a percentage level, like, you know, like contrast with people that were like, why are folks fucking around like that? Yeah. I don't, well, one of the things where I was going to, so I don't know about the whole, like how it started. But I do know that in the 60s and stuff and the whatever, um, I've been reading a lot of, uh, again, because, you know, I'm obsessed with Laurel Canyon and that whole deal. Um, is As we all should be. Right? Um, is I've been reading Pamela DeBar's book, I'm With the Band, as well as Marianne Faithful's autobiography and a book on Anita Pallenberg. Mary Ann and Anita were Mick Jagger and Keith Richards' main girls through the 60s and 70s. Well, not Mick so much. Mm. Um, but Keith was pretty Anita-bound, as well as heroin. But Pamela was one of the first super groupies. Um, and she recounts her time... And also she has other books about other groupies experiences and whatnot during these times. And one of the things that happened was, um, let's, okay. Chuck Berry, sweet 16. All the boys want to dance where all the guys want to dance with sweet 16. Um, there's a long tradition of the glorification of the teenage in rock and roll, especially in those days. There's so many songs. Songs that to this day I have to like admit I listen to. Like I'm not like these are this is the music that I like. It's what they these are the hits oh, you, haven't, you haven't you haven't figured out how to how to kill your heroes? Oh I've totally that's part of I killed them, came back to it, killed them, came back to it, killed them more thoroughly. I see. Um, I, I see. It. Yeah, I've been I've been doing. I mean, I had a little phase doing a whole like back into Christian contemporary music. I mm-hmm. I did DC talk and shit. I was listening to motherfucking Avalon for a minute. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, oh shit. I will testify to love. Yes, I will. Um, yeah, no, I, I I got as far as Kirk Franklin. I stopped just before Kirk Franklin and Carmen. I was like, wait, pump the brakes. Hold on, move on to a new theme. Um, and then I got into musical shit recently. <laughs> Another phase of, you know, back back in the day, musical shit. Yeah. Uh, um, fucking, with, fucking with my own head types um, of musical shit. Um, but, okay. So... I have always loved, like, to the point of where my mother has always been like, I do not understand how you know music. Like, I was alive during these times, and you know this shit like you lived it. Yeah. Like, I fell deeply into, well, in high school, I was very inspired by the Beats, Kerouac, Ginsburg. Again, these are all people who have very problematic fucking stories. And then I have to wonder how much of all of this is me making peace with my own shit. Like in terms of actually that part's not true. Actually, that was a brain fart of a wondering because I'm not that wasn't that self-cognizant Um, what I really fell into was, it was all my heroes did drugs. I, for some reason, the music I liked 
was very, is, I like, is very drug-induced. Lou Reed, David Bowie, all those people. And David Bowie, very fucking problematic. Iggy Reed, I mean, Iggy Pop, very problematic. And that's what I wanted to get into with the 60s and stuff. Then came, like, the baby groupies, as Pamela calls them. And these were, like, 12 to, like, 14, 16-year-old girls, 16-year-old girls that were... Like, Jimmy Page kept Lori Maddox in a hotel room so nobody else would screw her when she was, like, 14, 15. This is after she lost her virginity to David Bowie. There's all kinds of stories that are just like, what the fuck? And I will tell you, a lot of these people I listen to a lot, like, these aren't people I go to that much anymore, except for Iggy Pop. Yeah, I mean, I think that like um is it bro- there are certain kill your heroes moments. Sure, sure. Like it's it's so it's so bizarre and complicated. Uh It's very complicated. I mean <laughs> like it really is like I don't know, I don't know. I just am going to throw the word out it's the fucking press and like not just like the press like you know the press media uh-huh. what people would instantly assume but like literally pressed vinyls like who had access to disseminate yes all yes. of their art yes. in everybody's yes. faces hella fast that's what yes you just hit the nail on the head who gets to press their art into our minds as many of them as possible. Can I mention something about Laurel Canyon that ties directly into that? Uh, Yeah, please do. The number of musicians who are huge names that you cannot like, they're in the rock and roll hall of fame kind of shit. Okay. They all came from the parents of the middle of the military industrial complex from all corners. And they all converged on L.A. There was not a music scene. Yes, there was Hollywood there, but there was not a big music scene in L.A. They made L.A. the music scene. It was Nashville and New York. And then came the Sunset Strip and Laurel Canyon. And the basic nugget that is like the the nugget that got me into all of this was Jim Morrison, the lizard king, the man who's out there fucking getting the children in the, you know, at the rock shows sexualized and he got arrested for revealing his penis and all this shit. That, I mean, he's not, you know, Mr. Mojo rising, king of the doors. Uh, I don't know anything about any of this. I got you. Um, a lot, everybody, a lot of other people do. Um, we all, yeah. The, the fucking Jim Morrison, Mr. Mojo Rising, out there on the Sunset Strip. Okay, he's the like the one of the first like big hippies. Okay, of uh, the hippie people. Although he'd say he was more beat. Not the point. Where his father was while Jimbo is doing all this. His father was in the Gulf of Tonkin on the ship that was part of the false flag that started the Vietnam War. His father was the commander of that ship. Jim, in interviews, would say that his parents were dead. People took this as he's so against his father. He's, you know, a rebel. When it's it could be played a whole different way if you want to think about it. Mm. And that goes for a lot of people. Uh, one thing I'll say on uh, heroes that don't need to be killed in any way and should in fact be resurrected, like if anyone is not already following Lori Beth Denberg on Instagram, uh, she's up there. I sent you a DM with her handle in Instagram. Ooh, so thank you. You have that in your thank DMs. You. I will be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. using that. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay, so like we we have we have an order like upon us. We have like a calling yeah. in this 
in this world, I think, to like, um, like sift through the fuckery. Like we have to sift through the fuckery lest we be just like, you know, Lemmings. like force fed foot fetishes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we just gotta, we just gotta like, the foot fetish stuff gets insane. It does. Where he's like having people on the internet. He has a thing where he's asked kids to like write the names of different shows on their feet and send pictures That's of that. Post pictures Thank of that. You. That one. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll say I didn't actually look that one up and and like go to look, but yeah, Nickelodeon. I mean, let me go and check out their Twitter right this second. Let me see what they're. Let me see what they're fucking. Um, another thing, actually, I'll mention just while I'm in the internet, uh, Keenan Thompson has uh, 631,000 followers on Instagram, whereas Kel Mitchell has 1.1 million followers on Instagram. Um, and I don't, I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> I feel like one of them's trying really hard to like be in the public eye more than the other. And, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, I don't mean to be an asshole, except there's nothing to really say. Right. Yeah. They really did have like, um, they had the weirdest logos, like the submarine thing, mm-hmm. like or the blimp or whatever. Like it really is kind of a dick shape. It was an orange foot for a while. Yeah. I remember that. That was the thing that really messed with my head when I was like, Oh, I didn't even see that thrown in my face. I just remembered it on my yeah. own watching like re- Re- reframed footage of like s- some stuff I'd seen like sliming even seems a little different now to me like anytime they like covered anybody in anything or had them like you have to wonder what the know, behind the scene like or what the um <sighs> okay as kids we're laughing at the like absurdity of it all you have to wonder what the adults in the writer's room were laughing at I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. And I, I will say I I did not uh I didn't verify the thing about them asking kids to put in but was that Nickelodeon or Dan Schneider? Oh that, that was Dan Schneider saying, um actually oh, I have it right oh. here. Give me one second. Um it is saved under Dan Shithead Fuckhead. Is he still actually on the internet, Dan Schneider? Well, funny thing about that... He couldn't possibly be. The last thing I heard about him was that he deleted over 12,000 old tweets during the Me Too heyday. I mean, I don't see... I don't see... I don't think he's on Twitter anymore. I wouldn't be surprised because he's become like a target like people know it's not a secret anymore yeah there's no like verified dan schneider account on twitter no that's i'll say that well one of the most frustrating things about all of this is that there's so much circumstantial evidence once you put all of this together but there's a lack of like, I think that's part of, like, why Lori Beth said that the way she did. It's because other than the obvious shit in your face that, like, look at this. He's look at Okay, by the time they got to Victorious and the way it was the, the smooth feet shit and the fucking squirt and catch up on Star's toes and everything else. That shit's weird and that shit happened for sure. Yeah, there's, like so much that's one of those like the circumstantial evidence becomes concrete is that the word i'm like is that absolutely and here's what i'm gonna say i did find his twitter i had to google dan schneider twitter and it, it came up on the google and then i clicked on it and i was like 
you know, just kind of scrolling yeah. while you were talking, just casually looking for any feet to pop up and catch my eye. <laughs> and I thought for a minute, I was like, oh, I got pretty far. Got back to like June, you know, 20, 2017. You said he deleted a bunch of shit. It looks like he deleted a lot of shit. Uh, but yeah, he's got Ariana Grande like jumping in some like shoe trampoline things and it like goes from her face down to her feet and she's like hopping, uh-huh. um, you know, looking kind of like, uh, like, like with that little kid look that she does with that character, that like kind of ditzy childish. I know exactly. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, no, it's like right on like, uh, the line where many, many people, like anyone who's not already looking for that shit, it's not going to catch their radar scrolling along there. But anyone who is looking for foot fetish instances is going to be like, oh, I bet yep, Dan that's Snyder a, that's does Quentin Tarantino every night. I mean, so do they have like no relationship? I don't know. I mean, for all we know, they're fucking foot fetish pen pals, but, uh, how could they not be like, just so they have to be admirers of each other. Like, I mean, that's speculation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've got to, yeah. Like they have to use each other's shit a little bit. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I just, I'm so upset. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm really you, upset. You just saved my entire life by making me picture. <laughs> be like, hey, hey, Schneider, you got any, like, uh, you know, uh, mustard feet? Ew. Ew. Oh, man. I'm so mad. I'm really irritated about this. Because the thing is, is like, um, like every child that watched their content has been violated. Yes. Every single... Well, you were being... Okay, part of his obvious fetish of this is not only the feet part of it, but it's also slyly... It's like an exhibitionist type thing where he's showing you his fetish without you realizing you're seeing his fetish. Exactly. It's really irritating me like it's under my skin it's bothering me almost constantly yeah 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 and it's pervasive is the problem when once you start looking for it in place it, you'll you'll see it in a lot of different fucking places especially in disney and nickelodeon shows really and there's like tw- it's really that tween age they start. Yeah. Ariana Grande's arrival into the mainstream echelon of celebrity. Schneider. Yeah. It, Victorious yes. is the name of the show. Yes. And yeah, the things they had her doing were so strange. And sexual. Well, this one moment where she, like she has a bit where she'll be like, I'm going to say things that nobody would ever say. And one of the things was like, Oh no, my my uvula got stuck between that hamster's toes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, nobody would ever. Uh-huh. Yeah, nobody would ever say that because uh, your uvula is that dangly part that's in the back of your throat, uh-huh. and then she sticks uh-huh. her finger into her fucking mouth and goes and like acts like she's gonna actually touch her uvula, so she like puts her finger all the way in her mouth uh-huh. and like. Uh-huh. Looks all like cute and childish. And then the other one that was really striking was she goes, uh, um, is another thing that nobody would ever say. Oh no, I'm soaking wet. Someone please bring me the entire ocean. Nobody would ever ask to be brought the entire ocean if they were soaking wet, because if somebody brought you the entire ocean when you were soaking wet, it would make you even more soaking wet with that cute, coy little girl toad. And I'm just like, this is not happening right now. This they is got all that these shots thing where she- that Nickelodeon was very good at, which is the uh, the the double entendre jokes, where the kids are laughing for one reason and the adults watching are laughing for another. Well, laughing or cringing. Mm. There's something that's okay. There's edgy 
And then there's what you just described of uh, Ariana doing, which is clearly, I would say, being manipulated to fucking send subliminal messages. Like, it's all very... Mm. Uh, they also had Ariana Grande holding this weird kind of like worm sort of thing. Oh, that's what I was going to say. There's, kinda, there's, a, there's a thing that's like, it's, it's, there's all on YouTube, these like, but uh, you know, two minutes of Ariana Grande being over-sexualized basically on a kid show, that kind of stuff. As a, as a literal child. As a literal child, before she was like the Ariana Grande that we all know, she was just some kid on Victorious. Exactly, and this is also before she then he spun her off. Actually, I don't really, I don't really know. I know that she, I know that she exists. I really want to be clear. I barely can pronounce her name properly. Same, barely, and it's only because I've been watching all these videos where these right, like I, up until I got into this Nick content. I, w- I did, and I didn't know that Ariana Grande was involved in Nickelodeon. I learned her origin story during my research this, into Amanda Bynes. I didn't know her. Origin I am an elder millennial before before this rabbit hole. <laughs> Word, like I said in the previous one, I fell off with iCarly. It, it's funny when you find really normal information down a rabbit hole. You know, like oh. That was like right on the surface for a bunch of people that like I'm not in their fucking vibe. Like when I got down um, here, it became really important to me though. Like that's that's where it became an issue for me, and I will remember eternally. It's very superficial information. I think what it really all comes down to is that there's no way to look at some of the shows we grew up with the same way again. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And I feel like I will not be able to look at my own life ever the same way again. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's frustrating. And This has sent me down a rabbit hole that has me doing a lot of soul searching and a lot of reckoning and a lot of abyss gazing. There's no other way to put it. Because in trying to trace back to the roots of all these kinds of things, it just keeps going, as pointed out by how to how Dan to to understand the way Dan Schneider got power. You can look at the way Jimmy Savile got power, the same way Epstein got power, and it is a talk about a global pandemic. Mm. Mm. in the culture that has been infected for a long time. Hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about like my peers and like, um, like how much of their identities, like specifically people that I found to be like problematic or like into I like, okay. So I already in my life, had noticed a specific track of people that were like, Oh, I love Ace Ventura and like liar, liar. And like all like they had like a straight, their favorite movies were all Jim Carrey comedies. Mm -hmm. There's a theme with like other ways that they think, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is so pervasive and it was targeting such a vulnerable demographic of like we were all like I wasn't latchkey, but like like there was so much TV. Like yeah. um like my house, we were even really like sheltered from shit. Like a lot of ways over. My my family acted like they were they were at least like managing the content that came <laughs> through to us. And like all that all that was pretty like clear. See, I you know, like it that. wasn't opposite upbringing i was watching basic instinct with my grandmother when it was on video from blockbuster right yeah no i i watched r-rated stuff but it was like the schindler's list and uh um what was the other one (laughs) like whatever year saving private ryan came out my dad took me to see that shit in theaters and it fucked me up I was, like, I was like 11. Went and saw that. Oh, we were on vacation in Florida, and we went to a theater there to see it. Um, but you're like four years older than me. Yes, 
I'm uh, 82. Yeah, you were like almost the age of getting drafted if we were doing drafts. Yeah. I was like 11. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, that was the guy, like that target age of like, like bringing in for like your, no- I mean, and they also, they like, like all that was a part of TGIF. And like Keenan and Kel was a part of TGIF and like was Dan Schneider, was TGIF D- Dan Schneider night? What were the other shows? Uh, TGIF was the, uh, uh, or no, no, not TGIF. What was it? It was Saturday night, Nick or something like that. Um, fuck. Yeah. Uh, it had a snick, oh, snick at night. Snick at snick night. Yes, night. Cause there was flat tunes yeah. and the, uh, uh, snick at night. Damn, that takes me back, dude. See, no, like, how about this? I used to watch Alanis Morissette on You Can't Do That on television on the like OG Nickelodeon from Canada. See, but like, who were those people? Because that, like, That's the, when I started. remembered that that was like. When I remembered that that was one of the first shows that they put out, I was like, you can't do that on television, really. Like, that's like a slogan for all of this fucking horrible yep. shit that I'm. I had a friend growing up who was not allowed to watch You Can't Do That on television because it got him too worked up, his mother said. Yeah, yeah, that was the case for a lot of people, actually. That, that I'm not. Yeah, that doesn't, that's why I'm familiar. So part, a significant part of the lineup is people that we've been addressing. The first wave of SNCC was Clarissa Explains It All, Roundhouse, which I'm unfamiliar with, The Ren and Stempy Show, oh and God, Are You Afraid Roundhouse. of the Dark? And the next season folded in Adventures of Pete and Pete instead of Roundhouse. Uh-huh. And then the following uh, folded Pete, in Pete's all that and shows, Roundhouse. Yeah. Really? That's where I fucking first met Iggy Pop. It was on Pete and Pete. That's where we all met Michelle Trachtenberg, too, who's been yes, floating in the back of my mind no, for no. a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, in 94 to 95, we uh, get introduced to the secret world of Alex Mack. And I wonder about uh, Larissa Olmec's little life over there. The Ren and Stimpy show took up two slots that year, and Are You Afraid of the Dark was the last show. It was always four shows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the next year, all that was folded back in, and one Ren and Stimpy slot was removed. And then after that, we move into like Doug Rugrats, Rocco's Modern Life, Ren and Stimpy. That was a mini season uh, that they put midway i believe this is a weird little lineup list that they've got here on wiki so that's oh space cases was folded in to this little set keenan and kel came in in 96 mystery files of shelby was the show with the kid with these uh, the action figures that were always getting blown up action time now something like that kablam yes it was on kablam you are right is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing because that's the that's the if that was a Snick show, the journey of Alan Strange. I don't know anything about that. Now we're at ninety eight. I'm trying to remember um, Space Cases right now. I'm like, what was Space Cases? Stop it! Space Cases was the tits. It was so tight. I was hell into that exactly. shit. Okay, now I got to look it up. Hold on. It was like it was like um it was like uh. You know, it was like this little crew. Oh, I don't know. It was shit. its own thing. Like, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. I'm looking oh, at the cat pictures. Dog. I forgot about Animorph. this. SpongeBob came up too in this lineup. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about space oh cases. Oh my God. Space cases. Yeah. It's where I first wanted rainbow hair from. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah, homegirl, homegirl was serious business. Yeah, Catalina. There it goes. There it goes. Oh my god, I am falling. Yeah, I'm trying back. to remember the show. Yeah, it'll fuck you up. I'm trying to remember the show that it reminded me of because it was like a grown-up show that was kind of sexy that I didn't watch. That was a space show. That oh. was on around the same fucking time. I don't know. See, I'm now stuck on a Nickelodeon hole, so I'm not. I can't remember. Uh, wait. 
the Upright Citizens Brigade? No. That was a funny comedy show. Lex. Lex. I looked up sci-fi shows that were out the same year that Space Cases was out because that is how I live my life. And it's called Lex. Also, Men in Black, the animated series was airing and Babylon 5. And now I'm getting out of that rabbit hole. I don't know how I even ended up there. Fucking Google. All right. So, um, did you catch a hardcore case of bird walking? We've hit the end of the line with this yeah. episode. We've covered what we needed to cover. Yes, we we've gotten, yeah. So that is, I think we've gotten more than we needed to cover. That is the long and short of yeah. the Dan Schneider Nickelodeon what the fuck fuckery. Uh, it's stressing me out. Yeah. I can't handle it, but what can I handle these days? I got it. It's fine. Fuck. Um, Stay tuned for Sister Mary Hot Takes takes you to Laurel Canyon, which will be your next. Um, oh, no, it won't. No, well, you're not the boss around here. What's coming next is part two of what we recorded, but actually part huh. three of this series. That's what's huh. coming the fuck next. Huh. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's about to get weirder. It's you may weirder. edit me, but you can't stop my bird walking. Ah, ain't that the motherfucking truth? I love Shit. you. Shit, <laughs> I love you. This is good. <laughs> I'm about to call you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We'd like to thank our patrons on Patreon and everyone who's bought our merchandise on TeePublic. Find the links to all that stuff and our social links on goodmorningmayberry.com. We've got closed captioned episodes on YouTube. Subscribe, listen, and rate us on all the podcast spots. If you're wondering who we are, we is me and my demons. And you can join the Legion by following our Tumblr, Twitter, or Instagram, jumping on the Patreon, or just buying one of our shirts and wearing that around, drinking the tears of whoever you like the least uh, out of one of our mugs. And uh, coming back and checking out the next episode. I'm Shift. And always remember to never forget. The culture been infected for a long time. What were we saying? Ariana Grande's feet.